are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. And we are wrapping up the first day of free agency for the Detroit Pistons. We are recording this at 9.55 p.m. Uh, the first day of free agency, hopefully. Oh, now hold on. Norman Powell just signed a deal. Let's make sure it's not the Pistons. Uh, he's going back to the Trailblazers for five years. Okay. So hopefully during this recording, we do not get blindsided with a <laughs> random with a random signing. I, I don't think we're going to, but hopefully we don't. Uh, I have Bryce here from Otis City Hoops. Thank you, Bryce, for being on, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. As always, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'm excited to talk some NBA, free, some Detroit Piston free agency news. Absolutely. So, I think obviously everyone knows what we're going to go with. If you have not been living under a rock, the Pistons' main free agent signing of today was Kelly Olynyk. Three years, $37 million a year. We just found out, I believe like 30 minutes ago from James Edwards of The Athletic, that the third year is indeed a team option. Bryce, give us what your overall thoughts are on the signing of Kelly Olynyk. So I'll just be completely transparent because anybody could go back and read my tweets. And I, I've said for the last couple of days that I would rather have Nerlens Noel if it was between those two guys, um, just because I felt like Nerlens Noel fit a little bit more what my vision for what this team needed in a second big, whether that's the starter or a guy backing up Isaiah Stewart. I, I will admit, as people have talked about Olenek more, as I've started my video breakdown into Kelly Olenek, I do like what he brings to the Pistons. I still think we're missing something in terms of that vertical guy, but I think Troy Weaver has shown now that that's not a priority for him and Dwayne Casey, and I'm fine with that. Like If that's their vision, they know way more than me, so I'm fine with it. And so now I've kind of turned my thing to what, what can Kelly Olenek bring the Detroit Pistons, and I'm interested to look more into it, but I can tell you this, Koo, the guy can shoot, and other teams really respect that ability of his. Exactly. I completely agree with you. I very much, for me, I was very high on this signing, to be honest. So, like me and you both have been, oh, wait, hold on. Another signing happens. Okay, so here we go. This one is, okay, old friend Blake, he went back to Brooklyn on a one-year deal. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so me and you, we've been saying the same thing for a while now. We wanted that vertical threat, the lob threat. The rim runner, that's who we wanted at five. However, there always was that other chance they went the opposite route, which also accomplishes something as well in the Ray G5 who can shoot from deep, space the floor, play five out, etc. that kind of thing. And that's the route they've decided to take. And to be honest, I still would have liked to get the rim running lap threat, but I can't blame them for going with the, the stretch big instead. Because this team, and to be honest, I think we kind of saw this coming or at least – had this hinted to us because 
in the press conference for the rookies, Troy Weaver mentioned multiple times how much this team needs shooting, how badly this team needs to improve shooting. Like he mentioned it multiple times. So I feel like we kind of probably should have known that this was coming a little bit. Um, but yeah, Kelly Olynyk definitely accomplishes that part of it. He's a stretch big. He can really Kelly Olynyk's a player. I just want to get that across to, uh, across to everybody. Like, he's not just some bum. He legit can play. Um, very well could be that the, the Houston stretch was a little bit of a fluke. We'll see if it is or not, if he actually is, couldn't be that type of player. But even if he isn't, even if he's just simply the player he's always been, that's still a viable player for a team to have. I mean, and also with this contract at $12 million, I don't think that's a lot, of, like, that big of a deal at all, especially with it being a team option in the third year. My one complaint with it was the fact that it was three years instead of just two years. But with it being a team option in the third year, I absolutely love this contract. Yeah. Be, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so that's what I'll say. Like, I'm very interested. So when I do my breakdown, I'm going to watch a couple games with the Heat and a couple games with the Rockets. And just from the little bit I've watched already, my feeling right now is it's a little bit of an overpay if it's the Miami Heat Kelly Olynyk, And I haven't watched the Rockets Kelly Olynyk yet, but I've seen the synergy stats that you've tweeted out. You do a great job of that, and I appreciate it very much. And it's a little like it, we're definitely getting our money's worth if he's the Houston Rocket Kelly Olynyk. Um, so, and with the team option in the third year, it's going to be fine. I don't know that we need – none of our guys are going to be needing to get their extensions um, before then anyway. So the money can come off the books whenever we're really going to start needing it. Yeah, exactly. So, I, so uh, real quick, I'm sorry. I'm so while we're recording this, I'm looking on Twitter, like following everything to make sure I'm not not missing anything because this has been like coming nonstop of just news. And someone, someone almost got me just now. I was like, oh god, we have breaking news with the Pistons. But it was like some fake Mark Stein account saying that Diallo signed with the Kings. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. So, so I was, those, I was freaking out there for a second. Those fake Woj and Shams, man, they, 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 they've gotten pretty good at that. They're, they're pretty good at trying to trick you. So you got to be careful with those guys. For real, I really do. Because for real, this guy almost got me. Uh, but yeah, anyways, back to Kelly Olenek. Um, Man, I, I just really, I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty happy with this signing. I, I really like it. I've been, like we said, we didn't want the lot there. But I've been thinking more and more about having a spaced out floor and just how much that could do for Killian Hayes in general. Like, this is the thing. Let me get this across to you guys. So I have a few people, not many, but a few people be like, why are you mentioning Killian and we should really be talking about Cade? This is the thing. We know Cade's going to be good. Cade's going to be good no matter what. Like, he, he, there is no, like, weakness with him offensively. Like, he's going to be straight. We're not worried about Cade or we don't need to make it, like, special for him or anything. Like, he's going to be good. We can help him out, and this does help him out, but Cade's going to be good. Killian, on the other hand, I want to see the Pistons try to make life easier for him. We need. I'm trying to focus on him because he's the more of the unknown here. And I think having a five-out spaced-out floor where in the pick-and-pop situations, you can possibly give <clears> – <throat> sorry. You can possibly give Killian Hayes the chance of going getting switches on the big guys. And if he goes going to the lane, forces help, makes the passes he's very capable of making. And if there does not help uh, – there is no help, it, it – uh, involves more one-on-one action to the rim instead of just dealing with help defense over and over. It like makes the defense pick their poison more with uh, a stretch big out there because you're playing five out. So I really like this for Killian Hayes. I also would have liked the lap threat, but I'm coming around to the idea of, of a stretch big also probably maybe being even more important possibly. Yeah, so what I really like is now you're not forced to use that position, let's say the five position, in the screen and roll like you did with Mason Plumley, because if Mason Plumley didn't set the ball screen, then you didn't have anywhere else to put him on the floor and him be a threat. 
Now having Kelly Olynyk, it opens up all sorts of options. You can put a Jeremy Grant in the ball screen and pop. You can do a one between Cade Cunningham and Killian Hayes if you want to, if Cade wants to be a, a screen and roller. I'm not saying that he has that in his game. I'm just saying you can do all these things because you know what you can do with Kelly Olynyk at the five? You can go stand him in the corner. And you know what the defense isn't going to do? They're not going to help. I've watched, like I said, I've watched, what would it be, 24, 30 minutes of basketball right now, and it's the biggest. I don't need anybody to tell me how good he shoots it. I can tell you how good a shooter is based on how the defense reacts to him, and those guys don't leave him off the ball. And when he catches open, there's a help defender running at him. So that tells you how much the defense respect his, respects his shooting. And I think him and Isaiah Stewart can play together at times. Not all the time, but at times. So there's so much you can do now because he can shoot the ball. Correct. I agree with that as well. So real quick, do you have any, I know you kind of hit on it a little bit, but now that there's a third year option on the contract, are you, uh, how do you feel about the contract overall? Do you, you're, you're pretty good with it now or are you? you yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. It doesn't hurt anything for me. Like, do I think it's a slight overpay? Maybe, but I mean, we're, it's semantics at this point. It's not going to keep us from keeping anybody else. I don't think it kept us from signing anybody else in free agency, like outside of Detroit. Again, Hami, Frank, all those guys are coming back if we want them. So it's not keeping us anything there. Next off season, we're getting the Blake contract off the book. So that's going to be plenty of money. And then two years from now, when it's time to re-sign Jeremy Grant, and maybe you're starting to look at some of these rookies getting extensions, last year's rookies, you can get rid of it if you want. So um, I have no problem with the contract because I don't think it hurt us anywhere. Fair enough. I also agree with you. I, I personally just don't think $12 million is that big of a deal. And then also the third-year team option uh, definitely made it absolutely what I wanted. I said on this podcast – I don't believe I actually said it on the podcast, though, because yesterday was Keith Smith. I, it was a salary cap thing. But on Twitter all day today before the, the free agency, I said, as long as any deal they make, it's either a one plus one, a one-year deal, or a two-year deal, I'll be straight because that leaves the cap books open. Uh, hey, Team could, option. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just say, can we talk about Duncan uh, Smith's uh, tweet about how this wasn't necessarily a mistake with Plumlee signing and how the – the getting Cade kind of sped up the restore and everything like that. I know we have to go to a, to a break to the ads, but I'd like to get into that tweet a little bit. Cause I think what a lot of people get hung up on is, Oh, we traded Plumlee and down 20 spots just to sign Olenek. Absolutely. We can hit on that when we come back. Like you said, I see you are very, uh, Bryce is becoming very aware of the podcast <laughs> and what goes on on here. So when we come back, we definitely will hit on that. We'll talk about that. Cause that is very interesting to me. Um, but before we get into all that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Rock Auto. You ever need a part for your car, head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning just for one of the workers to tell you they don't have the part that you're looking for? I know I have. That's why you should avoid all those problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand on your phone by using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Alright, well before we went into that break, Bryce said he actually had something he wanted to talk about, which I was aware of. And I, actually, I probably should have known that I want, wanted to talk about that beforehand because it is something incredibly interesting, something that we really do need to talk about. So, Bryce, you can go ahead and start off since you're the one who brought it up. You can go ahead and read the tweet and give your thoughts on it. 
So straight, this was from Duncan Smith. So I think drafting Cade Cunningham boosted the Pistons along on their trajectory quite a bit. So much so that I don't think the Plumlee trade was correcting a mistake, but rather preparing to take a leap forward with a scoring big who Cade can really unlock. I just and so I just said I think that's really important to think about that that we have a management that we have Troy Weaver in a front office who was willing to pivot or change the plan or bump the bump up the the plan by a year or two whenever the circumstances completely changed you couldn't Troy Weaver a year ago couldn't have sat there and said hey we're going to end up with Cade Cunningham I'm sure there was a world where he thought it might happen but when that really happened you had to be able to pivot last year when they offseason when they signed Mason Plumley one they didn't know Isaiah Stewart was going to be as good as he was and they didn't know we were going to get Cade Cunningham or even other things like Jeremy Grant was going to be as good as he was and all those things. So the fact the restore has been sped up doesn't mean you stay the course. It means you have to pivot. And if that means coming off a contract like Mason Plumley's and getting an upgrade, and I think Ku and I would agree that Kelly Olenek is an upgrade, especially for what we need, then you do it. And I love that we have a front office willing to do that. Well, I think the the point is, and, and me and Duncan actually agree on a lot of stuff today. We, we've been talking – He's been tweeting, I've been tweeting, obviously, and we we basically think very much the same on a lot of this. So my thing is, is that the Pistons, I, I've been of the belief for a while now that the Pistons are not coming out here just to try to be bad. I, I don't I don't believe that's what their goal is. I believe that especially was the case after they won the lottery. Once you won the lottery and you knew Kay Cunningham was coming, that, that whole idea is out the window. Now, what people are getting hung up on when I say this, and they're not understanding, that does not mean there's not still going to be a bad team. That does not mean they're still not going to finish like outside the play-in. Like that, that's not what that means. What that means is they're not coming into this season purposely trying to be awful. I don't think you're going to see a tank session like you did the last month of the season last year. You're not going to see in multiple games throughout the year where they have a chance to win them doing things to purposely try to lose. Like I think Bryce can also be a witness to this, that there was multiple times where Pistons looked like they were in, in a game that they really shouldn't be in, and they looked like they had a chance to win. And then some lamps were thrown out there that maybe we we don't think we would have seen if they were trying to win or 100%. some min- yeah some minutes given to some guys that we don't think maybe should have gotten minutes or you know maybe especially that lamp that I always talked about that really got on my nerves that that Hamadou Diallo Jaleel Okafor and what was the other Saban Lee lineup that just had no shooting on the floor at all that whole little lineup right there like you don't see those things if they're trying to win I don't think you're going to see that this year anymore. And I think what they're doing this year, and someone tweeted this good, tweeted, tweeted this, and it made sense. Um, I'm not really aware of the Detroit Red Wings, but basically, apparently, it's what the, the Red Wings are doing as well in Detroit. They have their young core. They have the the big piece of their young core now. They have other pieces of their young core as well. What they're doing now, they're mixing veterans with that young core and trying to build a like a competitive team that actually makes sense like construction wise, like they didn't go out there. Like last year, you could say they gave a lot of flyers to guys. They gave a flyer to Josh. They gave a flyer to Julie Okafor. They took a chance on Jeremy Grant. Uh, Mason Plumlee, I don't know if you really call that a flyer, but those Frank guys Jackson. In general, yeah, Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson, a, a flyer. They gave a lot of flyer to guys. This year, they didn't do that. They're not looking for flyers. They're looking for established guys that can actually help you win games, that actually can help players on the court. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to help these younger guys develop. And the best way to help these kind of guys develop is to put them on the floor with other good players. Surrounding young players with bad players is, is not doing them any good. It's going to be hard for them to develop. So they're surrounding them with better players, surrounding them with good players, and basically saying, here you go, we're giving the young guys the best kind of team that we can give them without trying to go too overboard and let them take us where we can take us. If, if the 
If the young guys lead them to the playoffs, they lead them to the playoffs. If they lead them to the 10th seed, they lead them to the 10th seed. If they lead them to the 12th seed, they lead them to the 12th seed. But what you can say from this season is that they're building a competent team around them that will help them develop no matter how many wins or losses they have. They're not going to be coming out here trying to purposely lose and put lineups out there to lose. That, that's basically where I believe the team's at now after the signing of Kelly Owen. Yeah, and what they've done, been able to do is they've been able to do it without compromising the future because here's the thing. We have $30 million in cap space next year. You know, so like it's not like any of this hurt that. I mean, if you want to say we should have saved it and then we could carry it over to next year and you'd have $40 million, then okay. Like I guess we can, we can argue that or debate that. But, I mean, you saw how easy it was to trade Mason Plumlee's $8 million contract and get that cap space and also uh, $8 million um uh, trade exemption. Don't forget about that. We have almost $10 million in trade exemptions as well. So there's all sorts of freedom still with the cap. We've seen it with the cap this year, Koo. Three months ago, what did we all think? We all thought we were over the cap, had no chance of making any splash in free agency, let alone sign someone for $13 million. So there's always ways to do it. And do you really want Cade? We always talk about how excited Cade is for Detroit and to be a Piston and how much we love him. You think he would enjoy a 15-win season this year if we just you know, did that? So, yeah, let's come in. Let's try to win. And whatever happens, happens. And I love it because, again, we've done it without compromising the future. There's still flexibility in the future to add pieces to this roster. Absolutely agree with you. So I guess we kind of have to move on a little bit from Kelly Olenek and talk about some other signs they made. Uh, Bryce, they brought back Corey Joseph. Uh, I think me and you talked about that possibly happening on the last time you were on here. Um, they brought him back on a five. No, it was a two year, $10 million contract, 5 million per year. What do you think about that deal? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, again, you can argue money a little bit. Does $5 million seem like a lot for a guy who I don't think is going to play a lot of minutes? Yeah. But again, it doesn't in two years, it comes off the books and that's whenever we're going to need some of this money. It's an easy contract to trade, I guess, you know, at, at, at the trade deadline, if someone's in the market for a veteran point guard, I thought Corey Joseph played very well last year. And I do think there's 10 minutes here and there for him um, to play whenever Hayes or Cunningham um, aren't, when you're not staggering those minutes or just to have a, another ball handler on the floor with those guys. So I think there's a role for him. I think it's fine playing Saban Lee in the G League next year. We talked about this before we came on and started recording. I love that we now have a roster where guys are able to be in the roles they should be in. Saban Lee's probably not your second unit point guard right now. So he's going to get to go to develop at the correct rate, as opposed to a guy that I know you love and a guy I'm a fan of as well. Sekou came in trying to be the face of the franchise when he wasn't ready for that because the other talent wasn't here. So I think guys are able to be in the roles they should be in now. So with the signing of Corey Joseph for me, I probably, I thought it was probably going to happen like throughout today. I saw a lot of people reporting or room, rumors that he was probably going to return. So I was bracing myself for that. The contract is probably a little rich for what I wanted with the third vet point guard. I just wanted them really just get like a vet man, third guy. Um, and just, you know, I don't expect them to really play that much with Killian and Cade splitting the duties at the point guard spot. Uh, but like you said, Corey Joseph played really well for the Pistons last year when he came over here. He has a great relationship with Dwayne Casey. He's a veteran. Uh, he should continue to help tutor and mentor Um Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham. He should be a great veteran in the locker room. And the main thing, like you pointed out, a two-year contract. All these t- contracts are going to be coming off the books in two years Two years uh, from now, uh, especially after this year when they're all going to turn into expirings as well with the contract, uh, the cap room opening up. You can trade all these guys as well if you want. They're going to be expiring. So it, 
it's a, it's an okay deal. I don't care about it that much. Um, like I said, I thought it was a little bit rich for what I wanted for the third vet point guard, but outside of that, it's it's a it's a fine deal. I don't really care for it. It's, it's okay. I see his role. Yeah, um, and that, that's what I said. And he he played well. He really did. So I'm I'm interested to see if he can do the same thing next year. And having that veteran presence is a good thing to have. Correct. All right, and then also. I think this will take us into the final topic that we're going to talk about. Bryce knows where I'm going here. <laughs> uh, they signed Trey Lyles. Bryce, before we go to the ad break, just give quick thoughts on Trey Lyles. Uh, Trey Lyles signing. Yeah, I mean, it, they're going to be quick because I don't have a lot. I mean, he, he's fine. Um, I, I don't know. I, I need to look at it a little bit more. I think he's. I think he adds a little bit of depth at that position, some competition at that position, and that's pretty much it. Um, it doesn't move the needle a lot for me. You guys will get my thoughts after the break. When we come back, <laughs> when, we, when we come back, we're going to talk about that. Uh, but before we get into all of it, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Betonline AG. Betting is not legal in Michigan. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found Betonline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and MLB, well, not the NBA anymore, but the MLB is still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Bryce, before we went to break, we were talking about this Trey Lyle signing. And literally, as we're recording this, I'm on Twitter arguing with a lot of you guys right now. <laughs> and I'm, 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 getting, I'm not going to lie, I'm getting a little bit annoyed with, with what's going on right now with Trey Lyles. Let, let me just say this. Let me actually, no, let me start this off with a question. Bryce, is Trey Lyles a good player? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he's a. He, 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 He's a better player than me. He's a fine. I mean, he, he's a he's a fine NBA player. But like I said, like he doesn't move the needle. Like he, it's a depth signing, a competition. Like I mean, you said it best. So I'm not going to say steal your words before the show. But um, he's there to provide a little bit of uh, security. So let me let me let me go ahead and just give you guys my thoughts, man. This man Trey Lyles is simply to fill out the ro- the roster. There is nothing more. I put into this signing. I I, th- I didn't think anybody else was going to put any more into this signing, but I hop on Twitter. And I now see that everyone's freaking out that Seku's gone. Se- he signed Trey Lyles. It's over with. Seku's out of here. And I, my head is literally hurting. My, my 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 brain is 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 hurting. This is the thing. And you guys know this if you guys have been listening to the podcast. I've said over and over. I believe I've said this with Bryce on the podcast too. That I think there is a very real possibility that Seku just gets traded this offseason or he gets traded during the season. Like I've said that I don't know if his future is really with Detroit anymore. Yeah, I said that openly, and that may very well still be the case. But I can promise you guys right now it's not because of Trey Lyles. I, if, if Trey Lyles, I promise you, is not dictating Seku Dumbora's season or future with the Pistons at 20 years old. I, I promise you right now that that's not the case. And th- let me. And this is another thing that you guys are not – there's a lot of you guys not understanding what – from um, what I'm saying on Twitter. If Seku cannot pass Trey Lyles in the rotation, Seku should not be here anyways. This is not like some, this was not like last year when he was competing with Jeremy Grant and Blake Griffin for minutes. And you're saying he has to outplay one of those guys. 
That's not the case. If Sekou Dumboya cannot outplay Trey Lyles, if Trey Lyles is the big thing that's stopping Sekou from getting the rotation, he shouldn't be in the rotation anyways. So why are we freaking out? Like if Sekou simply builds on this last third of his season from last year and simply improves, there's nothing to worry about because that player right there is better than Trey Lyles. That, that would be better than Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is not good. He's not that good. He, the bar to be better than Trey Lyles is not high at all. Sekou is not this this bar to, to stay in the rotation for Sekou right now. If it's Trey Lyles, is not very high at all. So as long as you believe in Sekou and if you like Sekou at all, I think think even a little bit of highs about Sekou, he should have nothing to worry about. If you think he's going to be just if he's going to take a step backwards, then yeah, Trey Lyles will take a spot as he should. Like if Sekou is deserving to be in the rotation, I promise you, Trey Lyles is not going to be stopping him getting in there. That bar is not very high at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think you bring up a good point. I think I think probably what it speaks to, and I think you would agree with this, I think this is fair, is that maybe the coaching staff and the organization isn't 100% sold that Sekou is going to continue to take that step forward. I'm not saying they think, don't think he's going to. I'm not saying that they think he's not going to. I'm just saying that maybe they think there's a chance that he doesn't, and they wanted to have, like what I said, an, uh, an insurance policy if Sekou doesn't take that step or doesn't play the way we saw him play the last 30 games and you want to have another chance there, especially like we've been talking about all episode, if you think you're a team that's going to compete. Now, if we end up having to play Trey Lyles, uh, you know, very many minutes, then, you know, maybe we're not a team that competes, but I think that's what he is. I think there's a lot of competition there, though. They've bring they've brought in guys. Isaiah Livers kind of fits that same mold. Obviously, we have JJ and and Hami. I know not all those guys are the same, but I think there is going to be a, a lot of comp- uh, excuse me a lot of competition at that position, kind of that three four position. Um, but I think that is Hami and Sekou's to lose to start the year, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. This this 100 is just to have like competition at your positions, and it, it should always be competition at your positions. But like Bryce, I believe Bryce would also agree with me. It's Trey Lyles. Yeah. And cool. Let me say, I, I readily admit that every and understand that every NBA player is far, far, far better than me. So I don't want anybody to take what I said a few minutes ago about Trey Lyles the wrong way. Like I kind of said it in a smart aleck way. Like I understand that these guys are incredible basketball players and any of us sitting behind a microphone have no chance against them. So I completely understand that. So I just want to make that point. Whenever we say he's not a good NBA player, that's relative to other NBA players, um, not to just normal people like us. If, if And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll back this up with what Bryce just said. If, if you guys actually thought that we were talking about comparing it to us, then shame on you for listening, <laughs> for thinking that. Because no no duh, we, we're not trying to say that. If it, it, but I know that you have to say that sometimes because there are people that are like, oh, well, you couldn't do it. No duh. But yeah. the point is, yes, there's going to be competition at these spots, as there should be. But the bar for this competition that they're setting for Seku should be a very easy bar to pass to where if he does not pass it, he should not be on the roster. Like that, that's legit how I'm feeling. If you can't, if Sekou Dumbora cannot pass the bar of Trey Lyles, it just, he just shouldn't be here then. He just shouldn't. It, 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 he just shouldn't be. So I'm not worried about it because I think Sekou showed a lot to end that last, the last season, his final third of the season. Like that player right there is better than Trey Lyles for me. I'd rather have him playing. That, that's a better player. And then if he improves and builds upon that, adds a shot to it and gains more confidence, continues to play with that kind of, kind of aggression he was on defense. Like there's no doubt he's better than like there's no doubt he's in the rotation over Trey Lyles. He just simply needs to he literally just has to do his job and he'll be straight. Yeah, so and I, I, I don't get it. 
Yeah, I mean, as long as Sekou, you know, handles this the right way, you know, they drafted Isaiah Livers and they signed Trey Lyles, and if Sekou looks at that and goes, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep getting better, and this is my spot, and those guys aren't gonna take it," and maybe that's what it is. Again, we've talked about this, we've talked about the game, right? You're gonna know exactly the game I'm talking about with Sekou. Um, whenever we got blown out and he didn't play. And that Casey, to me, that was Dwayne Casey pushing the buttons for Sekou. And ever since then, he played really well. Maybe Casey and Troy Weaver know the right buttons to push with Sekou now. And they're going to bring in some guys and just say, hey, just to make sure you don't slack off a little bit or, you know, relax or get comfortable, we're going to have some guys right on your heels. That's good basketball anyway. That's good team building anyway to have competition. Um, but maybe that'll keep the, the fire behind Sekou a little bit also. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, I just want to make sure everyone understands this as well. Sekou still very well may be traded. They may like Livers and may want him to play and get rid of Sekou. They may very well do that. But it will be because of Livers. I, I promise you it's not going to be because of Trey Dan Lyles. I, I, I promise you it's not him. Oh, you- we just had another trade. We just had another signing real quick. It's just the Pistons. No, it's not. It's Dwayne Dedman to the Heat. Go ahead, Bryce. <laughs> the Heat have been like, where are they getting all this money? Dude, I th- okay, I, I thought the same thing, dude. Like, how are they signing everyone? I don't get it. I, I, it's it's unbelievable. Like, uh, Robinson got $90 million. Uh, Butler got a huge extension. And Lowry got a huge – I'm sorry, guys. I know this is a Pistons podcast. I apologize. But it's like somebody tweeted out something – like, it's like they have a billion dollars. They can just sign whoever they want. It's it's crazy. Obviously, they know how to maneuver the cap as well. Yeah, I, it's crazy how well they know how to do it. Because every year, I feel like they're in the position for the, the highest free agent. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't get how they do it. But there you go over there. But, Bryce, I mean, this is a relatively short podcast, man. Is there anything else you want to hit on? No, I was just thinking that. I was like, man, we may keep this one to 30. That's got to be a record for me. Yeah, I think actually, I think the previous record was 38 minutes. I think that was the one we did last week. <laughs> well, we came in with very specific topics, and I feel like we both had our very specific views. And, and I'm not going to lie, like I'm ready to get into my Kelly Olenek video, so I'm probably keeping it a little bit short tonight. No, yeah, I definitely was getting ready to upload some some clips and videos of things I wanted to point out about Kelly Olenek joining the Pistons. So I'll probably get involved with that too. You guys stay tuned. And also... Make sure you guys follow Bryce at Motor City Hoops to stay stay updated with that. He's probably going to have a really good breakdown for you guys coming soon. But Bryce, man, thank you for coming on the podcast again for me. I appreciate it as always. Yeah, man, absolutely. Again, go follow at Motor City Hoops. Check out stuff going on in Detroit Bad Boys with myself, with Koo, um, Laz, everybody doing great things over there at Detroit Bad Boys. Check out the podcast if you have time. Had some uh, great episodes, some great guests, and some new ones coming out this week uh, touching on all this content. Koo, you're the man. I appreciate you. You do so much for me. I enjoy everything you're doing, and I always love coming on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Of course. Actually, just one quick question. Let me just throw this out there for you. Just a, if it's a, you have to pick between two players, then we can get up out of here. All right. Um, would you rather have had Kelly Olynyk or Nerlens Noel? Nerlens Noel. All right. Fair enough. I figured you'd go that way. All right, everybody. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hopefully, on day two of free agency, we hear a little bit more about Hamadou Diallo and Frank Jackson. But I honestly think outside of those two guys, the Pistons are probably done in free agency unless they have another move off their sleeve to create some space. But until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.